1: Here we go. A brand new week for Political Rewind. I'm Bill Nike. Glad to have all of you with us. I hope you had a safe but more important, uh, you stayed healthy uh, this uh, past uh, weekend. Um, and we begin, I think, 19 or 20 weeks of being in uh, doing the show by remote. I really have stopped counting. And I think many of you who used to count how many weeks uh, you were dealing with the pandemic have probably stopped counting as well because it seems to be stretching on endlessly um, we're going to talk to uh, mayors across the state of Georgia today, get a sense of what's happening in their own community, and talk with them about uh, shared problems they might be having, uh, and as well as successes that they're experiencing in uh, various aspects of the uh, issues they deal with. It's uh, Tamar Hallerman who's joining us today. from She's the senior reporter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Jim Galloway is taking the day off. And tomorrow I'm really happy you were able to uh, be here on Monday with us. How are you?
0: Good. I was just saying before the show, you sound so different on Mondays compared to Tuesdays.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my energy is good at the start of the Cheerful. week. I don't feel quite yeah. as... Uh, ex- yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being here on, on a Monday. Um, we're also joined by Savannah Mayor Van Johnson, um van johnson is uh the uh long time uh he's a brooklyn guy he grew up what neighborhood in brooklyn did you grow up in mayor johnson
2: uh, brownsville and, and crown heights
1: but you've been down here in georgia for a long time now yes
2: since college yes
1: okay. former law enforcement you were a chatham county police officer as you were telling us right before uh, we went on the air um I want to ask you a quick question about the weather. I was watching uh, WSAV, one of your TV stations down there, and it appears to me that uh, the Georgia coast, and certainly Savannah, Tybee Island, it looks like the uh, hurricane, well, it's now a tropical storm, is going to pass you by. Your residents don't have a whole lot to worry about. Is that correct?
2: It appears that way, and we're certainly grateful that uh, it, again, appears the savannah might have been uh, spared the, the, the really ill effects. I mean, it's been tracking to the east more and more, which puts Savannah out of the uh, cone of uncertainty. And so we're expecting a, a pretty, you know, interesting rain event today, winds and things, but certainly not as bad as it could be. And our prayers are extended to those in, uh, in North Carolina and north that, you know, are looking down the, the barrel of this the storm.
1: Well, we, uh, we are very happy to hear that you uh, appear to not have to worry, at, at least in your community, about this storm. Um, we are also joined today by Mayor Steve Watley, the mayor of Cuthbert, the smallest uh, city in our survey of mayors today. Steve Watley, uh, you, um, you have been mayor since when? How long have you been mayor down in Cuthbert? Which we should say is, what, about 50 miles to the a little bit northwest of Albany is that about right
3: Yeah situated uh, bill between west northwest of Albany and 60 miles south of Columbus I've been mayor since 2005
1: you're, um, A longtime mayor your family is very prominent family in Cuthbert uh, you you uh, got a family business there that's gone on for quite a bit, been in business for quite a while the Watley Oil Company and uh, as you mentioned to us your wife was a very, very uh, beloved school superintendent uh, in Doherty County uh, and retired some time ago, but you obviously have watched school systems uh, through her eyes for a long time, clearly, right?
3: That's correct. She's, uh, she certainly gives me a different view than a normal person might have.
1: And we're going to talk about that a little bit as we get into our show today. Finally, um, Mayor Bo Duro Mayor of Albany is with us today, uh, Mayor Duro. We're very glad you could join us. Um, you experienced some of the worst ravages uh, in Doherty County of COVID nineteen in the spring, and although Doherty County right now is in the red zone according to the White House Task Force on Coronavirus, things have calmed down quite significantly in your county, haven't they, Mayor?
4: Y- yes. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, panelists. Um, yes, um, I can give you some figures when and if you want to hear them.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I want to yeah. circle around to each of you and get to that. But before we do, Tamar Hallerman, I just want to very quickly, something that we have not been talking about on Political Rewind and should have, um, early voting continues to be underway for the August 11th runoff elections. It goes on for another few days, about uh, a quarter of a million people little over 250,000 people have already cast their ballots in advance of that runoff. There are uh, races for the U.S. House in a number of congressional districts, Georgia General Assembly races, district attorney, other county races. Um, And it's interesting that the Secretary of State's office and the counties are reporting that once again, uh, more than... Two-thirds of voters in the runoff election have returned absentee-by-mail ballots, according to state election data. So tomorrow, once again, it appears we're going to see a high concentration of absentee votes that uh, will be uh, uh, set in. The deadline, of course, is uh, uh, the end of the election day, 7 p.m. on election night, a week from tomorrow. So absentee balloting continues popular during the coronavirus tomorrow.
0: And it's also reflective of the kinds of voters that tend to to come out in these primary runoffs. In general, primaries tend to bring out the the party faithful, which tend to be um, elderly voters. But that is especially true for runoffs. It's kind of the most devoted voters, and that that tends to be an elderly group who, of course, are are at the highest risk of of contracting the coronavirus and and getting something serious. So it seems like a lot of folks are taking precautions right now, especially after all the reports of crazy long lines that we saw, especially around Metro Atlanta, uh, during the primary so uh which still feels like it was yesterday um so (laughs) we'll see what happens on uh, week from tuesday
1: so we have congressional runoffs in house district one house district nine uh uh, in house district one democrats are in a runoff in nine it's republicans who are in a runoff and democrats in a runoff and in house district 14 there's a uh republican Runoff as well. So if you're in any of those congressional districts, you may want to look to see whether you can vote early by going to your county election board, just search for them online. Uh, and then there are commission races, school board races, as I mentioned, um, and a variety of other races, uh, sheriff, district attorney, and the like. Okay. So um we'll be talking more about the runoff election in the days ahead on political rewind but let's get to our mayors today and mayor johnson i'd like to start with you if i may as we talk about how all of your cities are doing right now in the midst of the coronavirus and and the reason i want to start with you mayor johnson is that you have been one of the most outspoken elected officials in the state in terms of believing that a mandatory mask rule ought to be put in place statewide. (laughs) You have one in Savannah, um, and you got a little cover politically when uh, your uh, county chair uh, announced, uh, took a vote, I guess, and announced that Chatham County was going to impose a mandatory mask requirement as well. And there are questions, of course, as to whether... That's enforceable given the governor's uh, saying no local government can take stronger action than what he's asked for in the state. Why did you put a mandatory mask requirement in place? How do you think it's going to be dealt with by the governor and his people? And how's the coronavirus um, uh, doing right now in Savannah and Chatham County?
2: Well, let me uh, answer your your last question first. Um, Today we're at about... uh, we're nearing 5,000 confirmed cases, uh, 67 deaths. July was a very difficult month for us. We've had more uh, infections and deaths in the month of July than we've had in March, April, May, and June combined. Um, and you know, it, and we basically we went to a, a mask because that's where the science led us. Um, over 30 states, cities across the country um, have said that masks are the way to go, uh, particularly if we're talking about um, stemming. The, 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 the increase in COVID-19 cases. Now, certainly that's put us in a position a little bit different than the governor. I think it's a little disappointing that um, although the White House says that masks work and has recommended in their official reports that Georgia go to a full state mask policy, um, all of our um, known national experts as it relates to uh, infectious diseases have said the same thing, that Georgia still decides uh, not to do it and then to try to purposely stay Stop cities from protecting our folks. Um, as it relates to Savannah, um, we were the first because the sign said so. Um, the governor says it's unenforceable, and then we contend that as long as we have police and we have the ability to write tickets, it is enforceable. Um, on July the 1st, when Savannah implemented the ordinance, on on July the 2nd, uh, the governor said that he would not challenge our ordinance, which he has not. Uh, we believe that only a court um, by law can tell us that this is unconstitutional or can make us not have it. And then, again, states throughout the, I mean, cities across the state, to include counties, to include Chatham County as a Friday, have done the same. I mean, the fact is this is not a political solution. This is really about public safety. This is really about public health.
0: I have a question for you, Mayor Johnson. I'm, I'm wondering what's going through your, your mind as you're watching this lawsuit play out between the governor and the mayor of Atlanta. And I'm also curious why um, you think he didn't go after Savannah. He chose to, to go after Mayor Bottoms, of course, um, who, who's in the running to be a VP candidate right now.
2: Well, and, and I think that's the unfortunate part. I mean, I think the judge has become kind of the 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 father for Um, news across the country because people are saying, what are we thinking? At a time when we should be fighting coronavirus. Um, with both barrels, we are basically engaged in cannibalism where we're turning and eating ourselves. I don't understand it. Um, I do think that, you know, obviously um, Mayor Bottoms is a much more high-profile mayor. Atlanta is our capital city. And the other issues, I think that she instituted a recommendation to roll back um, to to a earlier phase, to a phase one um, type of reopening. And I think that got the governor's um, I, I mean, the unfortunate part about it is that he continues to say business, business, business. and in cities, we're saying people, people, people. We believe that strong people make strong business.
1: So uh, real quick, Mayor Johnson, what's you said your police are writing tickets? How many tickets have they written to the best of your knowledge, and what's is there a, a fine a monetary fine attached to the ticket? or is yes. it a warning?
2: Well, Um, At at best right now, very few to none. That will change this week. Uh, I've been out downtown. I mean, Savannah is, as usual, bustling people all over the place, and they're not wearing masks. Mm And we've tried very hard. We've given away over 1,500 masks uh, to people because the goal was not to be punitive. The goal is to try to get compliance. And so if someone doesn't have a mask, we'll certainly give them one. Um, Obviously, uh, as things step up across the state, when you look at um, what has occurred in that YCMA camp, when you look at um, that, you know, Gwinnett County, our largest school district in the state, has uh, 260 employees um, that have tested positive for COVID and a young man in Johns Creek lost both of his parents within days of each other. I mean, this is real. And for some reason, you know, we still are of this opinion that, well, we just ask people to do it. They will do it. Well, obviously they're not doing it.
1: So is there a fine? Will you start it? Is is there a monetary value attached to a fine real quickly?
2: Absolutely. It's up to $500.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you for saying that. We should point out, I want to turn to Mayor Uh, Duro on this question, but we should point out that the latest White House task force, this is the White House now, not some outlying uh, uh, group that is trying to promote a political agenda. The White House task force, coronavirus task force, uh, says in its report of July 26 that Savannah and Chatham County both are in what they call red zones, which uh, is uh, described as a community that has a uh, a rate of at least a uh, hundred people per hundred thousand of population and diagnostic test positivity above ten percent. So both Chatham County and Savannah fit that uh, category. Uh, what's interesting, Mayor Duro, is that you've you have you know really done a job in your whole community, the county, the city in lessening the impact of the virus, and yet Doherty County shows up as one of the counties also in the red zone right now. Why don't you tell us how things are going there, especially compared to what you were dealing with in March, April, uh, when it was really, really uh, one of the worst hit uh, areas in the country?
4: Well, um, Bill, the um, numbers declined significantly significantly. In starting in, in May, and it seemed to sort of um, flatline there. The um, positivity rates were down to about 4%, and the hospital census of COVID patients fluctuated from 29 to 36 from late May until um, mid-June. And then the um, CEO of the hospital on July 2nd expressed concerns that we might be seeing a rebound on um, Dr. Toomey, had pointed out that the number of cases in all of Georgia's contiguous counties states had more than doubled in June. In July the positive rate suddenly increased to eight percent and in a recent report from the hospital we were advised that the average over a seven-day period ending July 15th was 44 patients for the week ending July 22nd it was 52 and for July 29th, it was 61. So you can see how that number's gradually increasing. And um, at a point in time, the hospital's gonna suspend elective surgery, which I think that's when they, um, the hospital system's really overwhelmed when you can't continue to um, conduct um, elective surgeries and other procedures because of the number of COVID patients.
1: What's your take on masks in uh, in Albany? I, you're not mandating them. You're you're I think conti- you're keep in keeping with the state with what the governor wants to do, which is to request that all people wear masks. But I, do you think I a mandate am, might be uh, important? Absolutely. But our city attorney has
4: come to the opinion that this would be contrary to the um, governor's executive order. I take issue with Governor Kemp's order have been. I mean I think it's somewhat inherently inconsistent, Bill. We say that Georgians have the good sense to wear masks. Well in the executive order it's requiring Georgians to wash their hands and maintain social distance. So why don't you go the next step like thirty four other states have and require masks when people are in public. I mean the science as, as as you pointed out, the White House White House Task Force has recommended that the state of Georgia require have universal masking because we're in the red zone. But just last week, there are two reports: um, one from John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, and the other one from the Association of American Medical Colleges. We're not talking about Pravda here; we're talking about following the signs. And the recommendations are universal masking when in public. It's it's really unfortunate that this whole issue has become so politicized. But what we're seeing here, and I think Mayor Johnson alluded to it earlier, is that people without a requirement are, are, are not going to wear a mask. And, I mean, a certain segment of the population. And um, I, I think one thing, though, I can say is that at the height um in um april we had compliance even though there was not a requirement people protecting themselves and i think we're seeing more people as the numbers spike um wear masks but we certainly i i would i i hope i would i was optimistic that the governor would come to some kind of agreement once gma filed uh, amicus brief there because i mean most state most Local governments should have the authority and flexibility to implement an order or ordinance requiring masks.
2: Bill, if I, if I can, um, just wanted, I mean, I think that, that, that Mayor Dura is someone that um, if you talk about a Profiles and Courage Award here in Georgia, um, at one point, Albany, as everyone knows, was the hotspot of the entire country. I mean, it just hit them like a deluge. Um, and they've been able through. Uh, mayor Durrell's, um leadership to be able to successfully at least mitigate and manage it to the point where um, Albany is not where it was, and I think that's definitely due to to his leadership and his calm leadership. Because um, you know, at one point Albany was really, really, really in a bad place, um, and and they are better. So I just wanted to shout out the mayor for for his leadership in that. If I have If a I
0: question for oh, go ahead.
2: If I could just say thank
4: you to um, Mayor Johnson, but the real heroes. In Albany throughout the country are the the first line um, health care providers and first responders. But I mean I've tried to do the best I could and I appreciate that, Mayor. Amen. But, Thank you. All
1: right. Um let me let me just jump in for a second here. Uh, I, I love the I like the Love Fest. I wanna jump in and go to <laughs> Mayor Watley uh, as well. And tomorrow I'll get you into that this part of the conversation. But so mayor Watley you we were really eager to have you as part of this show for a couple of reasons number one because you're the smallest you represent the smallest community on the show today. I think Cuthbert has a population of what about thirty two to thirty five hundred uh, uh, people um, and 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 you also are losing your regional uh, medical center and we're going to talk about that in a, in a little while because that's going to bound to have an impact on the community but So why don't we bring you in? Tell us where the virus stands in uh, Cuthbert, Randolph County, and give us your take on the whole issue of masks. Are people voluntarily wearing them around Cuthbert? Is it hard to get them to do it? Uh, What did you think about the Georgia Municipal Association uh, joining the lawsuit with the city of Atlanta to fight the uh, the governor on uh, not allowing a mandate? Give us your take on all this.
3: Well, Bill, early on, we were had the uh, undistinct honor of probably the highest per capita in Georgia when when we had an outbreak in our nursing home. Um, but we have gotten a handle on, on the virus uh, as best we could. Um, we have 246 as of uh, July 30th cases, um, and they've really flattened out in a large way. We don't have a large Uh, influx of uh, visitors or tourists, as Mayor Johnson may have. Um, Our businesses have done an excellent job of uh, requiring people to wear a mask when you go into those businesses, and our compliance rate is really, really high. So uh, I do see the importance of of them wanting to have a mandate for the mask, but uh, our population is uh, complying Uh, unbelievably well.
0: Mayor Watley, I have a question for you and just how you've been viewing, um, or or I guess your fear for the future. You know, initially, a lot of these outbreaks were concentrated in cities, um, but there was long a warning that rural areas would be next. And because of the lack of medical infrastructure, um, smaller towns and rural areas could be hit really hard. Are you nervous about the future, or do you feel like you've had time to, to prepare and, and get ready for, uh, you know, if it could happen to you guys?
3: Certainly we're cautiously optimistic tomorrow. Um, we um, we have um, such a close proximity to Albany that we've probably had a lot of uh, exchange with them. Uh, Phoebe Putney is where 90% of our, COVID cases have gone, and they've done such an outstanding job, and we have a relationship with them. Even though our hospital is going to close in mid-October, uh, they manage our hospital, nursing home, and clinic in Cuthbert. So um, they, we have, uh, you know, worked with their guidelines and the CDC guidelines, and uh, without Phoebe Putney, we probably would have been uh, in terrible shape. But they have done an outstanding job getting a handle on it and um For right now, we feel okay, not, not, um, like I said earlier, cautiously optimistic. We are a little concerned about what's going to happen after October the 22nd, Uh, but we will um, try to be prepared when that time gets here.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that, the, the Southwest Georgia Regional Medical Center, the hospital you mentioned that's about to close in October, the latest victim of all these rural hospitals closing. And I know that that hospital had been in financial trouble for a couple of years, but COVID is is what did it in. And can you talk a little bit about that and how vulnerable that leaves your community? I mean, you're you're near Albany, but it still is something like a 30-minute drive. So how concerned yeah. are you that that – Yeah. It's
3: more of a 45-minute drive, um, and uh, we are really concerned about that, mainly because of our emergency room is going to be closing also. It's going to put a lot of pressure on our EMS. Um, but, um, yes, our hospital has been struggling. I've been on the hospital board for 26 years, and the last 10 years have been tough. We've we've uh, concentrated on operations and have not been able to reinvest into our physical plan at all. And our our building is um, needs ten million dollars worth of improvements on it on an institution that's not even that's losing money. So we we're we're COVID pushed us over the edge, but you know we've we've struggled for several years before that.
1: Let Let's do a little uh, go round with everybody. We now know about your medical center closing and the hardship. It's also going to be a hardship economically, I think, in the community. Some. I correct at least 50 people in your community are going to lose their positions, if not more, as a result of the closing, uh, Mayor, Huth- uh, Mayor Watley?
3: That's what we're uh, predicting, uh, Bill, is 50 positions will be impacted. We're working very closely with um, Phoebe Putney and with um, Barber County, which is across the line in Alabama, to uh, place those people into those uh, that where they have open positions, and hopefully those uh, individuals that are impacted will not have to leave our community. That's what our that's what our great hope is that they'll stay here, and but they will have to drive. But we are um, through um, Phoebe Putney's human resource and through Barber County. We and and also St. Francis has reached out for us out of Columbus. We're hoping to uh, have all all those people employed by the time uh, the closure
1: comes. Well, we should. We should point out that 50 people losing jobs in, in your community, in Cuthbert, is a much bigger impact than it would be in many other cities when you've only got a population of some 3,500 people. Mayor Duro now, and then Mayor Johnson, too. Help us understand how the hospital... You, you talked, Mayor Duro, about Phoebe Putney and the success it has had. If there is another surge... Um, are they prepared for it to the best of your, you know, let's get, make sure we understand what you're saying about that. But then let's move beyond just that. And I want to talk about whether your businesses are starting to come back as after you went through the worst of the virus or businesses are still struggling and the economy of the community is really also struggling along with it. First, you, Mayor Duro.
4: Well, the answer to that is yes and no. My wife was telling me last night about a small clothing shop that's been in business since she was in high school. She said it closed and um, will not reopen. So we're we're seeing some small businesses, probably with at a narrow margin of um, narrow profit margin, that are just closing up. Um, However, many businesses and most professionals are are back working. Um, So that is. Um, And, of course, there is um, a concern that many restaurants, many people, jobs in the hospitality industry, industry continue to be at risk, Bill. So just because these businesses have remained open or continue to operate does not mean we're out of the woods yet, so to speak.
1: Mayor Johnson, we're going to have to take a break in a minute, but why don't you respond to those? That's kind of two two different questions, I understand, but what's the hospital situation like, the medical center situation like, and then how are you doing from a business perspective? And we'll get an answer from you before we have to take a break in a minute.
2: Sure. Well, we're blessed here with two major hospital systems, St. Joseph's, Canada, and Memorial Health University. Um, that's the good news. The little unfortunate news, these are also regional hospitals. So we have patients that come from counties all around Savannah. Um, So when we talk about the impact of COVID, we're also talking about it from a regional standpoint because obviously if a bed is used, the bed is used, whether it's from somebody from Savannah or from a surrounding county. So um, our um, census is going up. Obviously, we're very concerned about that and our ability um, to be able to um, address a very fragile um, health care system. And then the second thing is um, is that, obviously, our business is the same thing. We are a tourist community. Um, people are coming just because businesses are open and don't mean they're necessarily running at profits. They're trying to get back what they have lost. Um, And, again, it's been very difficult, particularly for small businesses that uh, need that infusion. But on the other end of it, we have a responsibility to keep people safe. And so having people just kind of um, operating um, without any type of um, responsibility for social distancing and those things um, makes things hard for businesses, but it's necessary for public safety.
1: All right. We got to get to our first break of the show. Uh, Let's do that. We'll come back with our three mayors and Tamar Hallerman in just a moment. You're listening to Political Rewind.
0: Thanks for listening to Political Rewind. If you like this show, you'll also like Georgia Today. It's a daily podcast from GPB News, bringing you compelling stories and in-depth reporting that you won't hear anywhere else. Join me, Peter Biello, for this quick and convenient way to get the best of GPB News' extensive coverage of the topics that matter to you, delivered directly to your device every weekday afternoon.
1: AJC senior reporter Tamara Hallerman uh, joining us on a Monday while Jim Galloway is off for the day. We're also joined by uh, uh, Albany Mayor uh, Bo Duro, Duro, Cuthbert Mayor Steve Watley and Savannah Mayor uh, Van Johnson. Um, I want to stipulate as we talk about schools that none of you is in charge of the school (laughs) systems in your county. Nevertheless, clearly you are very mindful of what's happening and how parents, teachers, and students are feeling about how school is going to unfold in the weeks ahead. Uh, Tomorrow we should start by... Saying, I think it was Mayor Johnson who pointed it out, uh, the the situation about whether some schools are going to be in person or not, it'll be interesting to see how the reports of the YMCA camp in June, where uh, they thought they were taking uh, all the precautions necessary, uh, had outbreaks, 260 cases of coronavirus, giving sort of lie to this notion that children cannot easily spread the virus or contract it themselves we we don't know how sick though any of those children may have been but clearly they are able to spread it tomorrow and i would think that's going to be giving uh, school systems around the state some pause and that will ask the mayors what they're doing about or how they're watching their school districts uh, move forward
0: yeah, certainly. And and it's something I'm watching closely is kind of the, the, the schools that are school districts that are deciding to do in-person learning or some sort of hybrid approach. What the clauses are in case there is a big outbreak in their community, how they will transition to being completely virtual or kind of what signs they're going to be looking for for them to, to go completely online.
1: Mayor Darrow, at I, as I looked at your county, at Doherty County, I I'm not sure, and you'll tell me. It looked as if, is there going to be a combination of in-person and virtual learning? Did I read that correctly, or how how are things progressing in Doherty County right now?
4: Well, because of the rebound, um, Bill, the school system, the school board made the decision, I think, about a week ago to um, have virtual classes completely. The Position that school board had taken throughout the summer was that it was going to be voluntary; the student body and parents would have the option of in-person instruction or virtual instruction. But now, because of this increase and because Albany is, it, as you said, in the red zone, the school board made the prudent decision to have all virtual instruction until such time as we go extended period without um, this. Um, spread that we've been seeing in the last few
1: weeks. So um, let me uh, turn to you, Mayor Watley. I believe uh, that Randolph County, I couldn't find a whole lot of information about Randolph County. How are they going to handle the start of the school year?
3: Bill, the public school is... um... Made a decision to go virtual for 45 days, and I think they will, you know, they'll maybe take another look at that after that. But it's it's not going, it's, initially it was going to be a hybrid approach, but now it's totally virtual. We have a charter school in a neighboring town that's in the county of Shelman, Georgia, a state charter STEM school that as of now they're going to um, meet in person for four days and virtual for one day. Now, whether that changes. I think they were going to again August the 24th. Whether that changes, it remains to be seen, but I think that's our plans now.
1: So, Mayor Johnson uh, asked you the same question about, I think you're going to be uh, at, at, in Chatham all virtual, but there's another question here as well that all three of you might want to take a crack at. We saw over the weekend a couple hundred Cobb County parents who had a protest, Uh, rally in which they demanded that the school board open for in-person classes this after the high harbor reports of the campers who were pot tested positive for the virus are any of you starting with you mayor johnson any of you seeing pushback from parents from others who are saying there really is something to be said for in-person classes and what students are losing by having to continue uh, virtual learning
2: Absolutely. Um, here in Chatham, um, we're going all virtual, uh, at least for the first nine weeks of the year. Um, and I think you know this is the one opportunity in which I am glad to be a mayor and not a school superintendent, uh, or not on the school board, because <laughs> this is such a, a very difficult position to be in. I think there's every possible reason why kids should be in school. Um, you know, not only the fact of, of the so this, the social. Um, Opportunities for young people, which they need, um, but opportunities for kids that are impoverished, uh, communities to be able to eat, um, for them, you know, when abuse and, and neglect are found, oftentimes it's found by a teacher or some school personnel, um, but on the other end of it. Um, we recognize that we have um, school staff, we have teachers, we have um, paraprofessionals, we have custodians, we have bus drivers, we have cafeteria personnel um, that you know, have to be protected as well. And hence, you have to be able to find that right balance. Um, here in Savannah, although we have um, about 38,000 kids in our uh, public school system, we have a, a, a bunch of um, private and parochial schools as well and so many of them are Mayor Duro
1: are they are going to be open okay uh Mayor Duro are you seeing pushback uh, in in your community uh, parents who are really want to get their kids back in the classroom and then Mayor Watley
4: well i mean i the as i said Bill, the decision was made i think only last week to to change from the optional of in person instruction or or virtual so um, I don't know that the school boards had a, had a meeting, but um, in view of the fact that we see the increased um, rate of infection here, I doubt that there will be much opposition to the decision. Obviously, the school board wanted to offer um, students and parents the option, but they just concluded, and I think rightfully so that now is not the time to return to the classroom.
1: Mayor Watley?
3: I think, uh, as uh, Mayor Johnson said, it's it's a very difficult decision. Uh, we have certainly in an area with a high poverty rate, and we know the benefits of the schools to those kids that are in poverty. Um, I think uh, that's why they made a decision just to virtual for 45 days because um, there is a great need to get those kids back in school, but uh, most of the parents understand uh, re- reluctantly understand that it, it's probably the best thing to do for right now.
0: And Mayor Watley, you mentioned at the beginning of the call that that your wife was the longtime school superintendent, and I'm wondering how that's um, colored your view of this whole situation. What what don't what doesn't the, the broader public understand about the choices that these administrators face?
3: Well, one thing, uh, Tamara, that I do understand that. Uh, uh, being in a household with an ex-superintendent, with a retired superintendent, is that um, the, the decision they make is, is certainly going to um, make some people happy and some people not happy. And it's, it's just a difficult position to be in, and they have to just uh, do, the, do the right thing for the kids and be able to um, uh, deal with the consequences. And uh, it's just a very um, volatile situation that uh, you're just not going to make everybody happy.
1: All right, let's do this. Let's get our final break of the show out of the way and we come back. uh, We'll come back in a minute. And I have a couple other issues that I really would like to take up with this terrific panel of mayors and Tamar Hallerman. Uh, We'll be back in a moment. Tamar Hallerman, Albany Mayor Bo Duro, and uh, Savannah Mayor. Van Johnson, join us along with uh, Steve Watley, mayor of Cuthbert. Mayor Watley, I want to come to you uh, on this next one. We're, you know, we're all waiting eagerly to see how counties respond after the problems we had on the June 9th primary election date. So we look ahead to November 3rd. And the reason I want to start with you, I think you probably will understand, Mayor Watley, is that Randolph County uh, was the center of national attention before the 2018 election when uh, – when, uh, It was accused, the election, uh, the Secretary of State was accused of manipulating uh, precinct closings to suppress the vote, and uh, it became a huge national story. Democrats were incensed by it. Uh, Since then, though, Randolph County has gone ahead. You've closed, they've closed some precincts. What do you imagine the result is going to be as you look forward to November 3rd in your county?
3: Well... Uh, I, I think it's gonna be good, Bill. Um, with the early voting um certainly uh has opened a lot of opportunities, um and people are taking advantage of of early voting and you have such a you know, a large window there that where they can come. Um and um, people are adapting. I mean there there was some closure to some precincts. There was some real, real low voter turnout in, but I, I don't anticipate any um, any issues at um uh, November 3rd election. I think it's I think it's going to be a good turnout.
1: Things went smoothly for you on June 9th in in the county, I think.
3: Yes. They they did. They, they everything went real well. Sure
1: did. Okay. It in part because of that absentee vote. Um Mayor Johnson, uh your sense of November and the kind of issues that Savannah and Chatham County might have to deal with when it comes to Uh, either getting absentee ballots processed, which could be a problem, especially with the volume of votes we're expecting, or with in-person voting.
2: Well, it was an absolute mess in Chatham County. Um, And and in the meantime, we're watching between the Secretary of State and our local election board throwing each other under the bus. Um, (laughs) You know, the fact of the matter is I think all we want is a process that is fair, that is consistent at the end of the day. When the results are counted, everybody agrees that the process was fair. Um, uh, we have a runoff election on the 11th, um, and I've just encouraged people, don't, don't wait until Election Day. Don't chance it um, because we just don't know what situation we could be, and we could be in the middle of a storm. Um, but for us, this is a matter of, you know, do the right thing, uh, do early voting, do absentee voting, um, advance voting. Um, don't wait until Election Day.
1: Do you believe voter suppression is at the heart of some of the problems that counties across the state have had? Or do you think it has more to do with lack of preparedness, either at the state level or the level of various counties?
2: I think it's both. Um, And I think at the end of the day, it equals to be voter suppression. Um, If people cannot vote, if they don't have the access, they don't have the ability to vote, the result is that um, the votes are suppressed. And so that's an issue here in Georgia.
0: I'm curious, and this is for all the mayors, I guess, kind of the, the animating issues for your voters as you talk to them right now. Is it all coronavirus all the time? Um, or or are they still thinking about police brutality? Are they thinking about the economy? Um, what are you hearing from your voters?
1: That's it. Mayor Durrell, why don't you go first on that? That's a great question.
4: Obviously, the social unrest behind the killing of um, George Floyd has been on everyone's mind. It's an issue here, but you can't separate that uh, tomorrow from COVID, from um, concerns, anxiety about the um, economy. All of this is a confluence of, of factors that are going to come um, to play. And um, I just hope that, as uh, we talked about earlier, that people start taking advantage of the opportunity of early voting. we all creatures of a habit. And I think that's one thing we see when these long lines, those of us who um, traditionally go out and vote on um, Election Day, we need to consider the other options that are available to us, not just um, um, absentee ballot, but early voting particularly, because we have such an extended period to take advantage of it.
1: Mayor Watley, you're dealing with an issue right now. It would be interesting to know whether you think it will heighten uh, a concern at election time about police relations with the black community. Your your police chief, Kevin Flowers, uh, is uh, uh, dealing with the issue of having shot and killed an 18-year-old uh, named Kobe Edwards. I think it was in March. There was an exchange of gunfire. Uh, he has just been put back on administrative leave. Prosecutors are trying to decide how to handle the case. Um, it hasn't gotten an enormous amount of attention around the state. Why don't you speak to it just for a moment and whether you think that might play into the election and how, it, how it's um, affecting relations between blacks and whites in your community?
3: It's certainly some strain there, Bill. Uh, it's a very, very tough situation. Uh, and as the GBI reported, it was an exchange of gunfire. Um and uh, uh, because of COVID the um the investigation was delayed. Um but now we understand that it's complete. Um but um uh, the courts are shut down so if you if you know the options of having a civil or a criminal grand jury uh, are slowed by COVID. So the anxiety level is raised because of the of the delays and you can lay that completely in the in the laugh of covid uh i think uh, in normal circumstances that um, this situation i'm not going to even say which way i'm just going to say the situation probably would have been closed at this point but the the the, the delay is is rising is uh, causing anxiety levels to rise
1: how do you, as mayor, help calm the waters in a situation like this, where there's tension, especially after the long delay in getting to the bottom of this case?
3: We've tried to communicate through various channels to the public of what's going on and, and letting them know the facts. But uh, as with any social media, there's a lot of inaccurate facts that have been reported. But we, as a uh, as a city government, the mayor and the council have made every effort to communicate through all various channels what the facts are and what we know and uh, to to ask people to be patient. So we've worked very hard at that.
1: Mayor Johnson, talk a little bit about what you're experiencing in the aftermath of of George Floyd, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Rayshard Brooks. How is all this playing out in Savannah, and how are you trying to uh, contain whatever uh, – Difficulties may be arising?
2: Well, I think we keep in mind every day we're walking on eggshells, um, waiting for the next thing to happen. Um, as it relates to Savannah, we were blessed with a very large but yet very peaceful gathering um, that occurred at the end of May. Um, to that end, we have instituted a uh, task force which is called Savannah Cares. Their sole responsibility is, is reviewing our police use of force. Um, policies um, and our um, professional standards or internal affair complaints against uh, police officers they're doing that work now the second much bigger work is really looking at disparities and equities across the board and so we have now what's called um, real savannah which is the racial and equ- ratio, equity and leadership task force which they're looking across the board uh, about really getting to the, the heat of this uh, the fact of the matter is that um, the whole the George Floyd and all of that is a result uh, of inequities <laughs> or perceived inequities we want to get to the facts
0: this is a question for Mayor Johnson, and I'd also like Mayor uh, Darrow to, to weigh in. I'm curious if um, there's been any um, momentum in your communities to either defund the police or shift funding perhaps to other services like mental health or homelessness in the aftermath of the, the George Floyd protests.
2: Well, for for Savannah, I think um, not necessarily defunding the police. And we've gone through great pains to really explain to people uh, to make sure when they're saying defund the police what they really mean. And they're not really mean. They don't mean defund the police. They're really talking about, um, divesting funding, they're talking about alternatives, and so in Savannah, I've only been mayor, um, as opposed to these two gentlemen, only been mayor um, now seven months. <laughs> but I'm um, really looking at re- reimagining police and how we do policing, and and so that's a part of the process. And these two task forces will help us to get um, toward that direction.
1: Mayor Duro,
4: oh yeah, well, um, I was um, very encouraged to learn after this that there's a um, policy eight can't wait. And um, our police chief said that Albany has enacted seven of those eight recommendations years ago. So um, that is this excessive um, use of force is something that we dealt with sometime in the past. And I think that it is not the um, predominant issue that you see in some major cities. But Clearly, when you look at our budget, recreation has been underfunded for many, many years. And then there was an article in the New York Times, I think just last week, that said, as a country, we have underfunded public health for decades. And that is an issue that needs to be addressed, and it can only be addressed um, nationally. But um, those are, and and after-school programs, there's so much more we should be doing for at-risk youth that we are not. And I think we're at a at a point in time where we realize we have to make these changes.
1: Mayor Watley, how is all of that playing in your community right now?
3: Well, certainly, Bill, we have a very, uh, dealing on it with a, a smaller police force, but we've encouraged our officers and, um, uh, through the county and our city to, um, uh, reach across uh, the aisle and and uh, let people realize that they're there to help them that they're not there to you know to um it, we're all on the same page we're all trying to work together when we're in an area like we're in that's uh has limited tax base and limited funds we certainly have to make decisions um uh, but um as Mayor Duro said we need to probably focus more on uh, recreation and keeping these kids busy and um um it's just a difficult decision when you have a limited amount of uh, income to deal with, and you have to make decisions of that. But we, we're encouraging our officers to uh, mix with the people and, and don't just uh, look at a situation of being law enforcement officers, try to be friends.
1: You know, Tamar, it's fascinating. Uh, here we have three mayors from different parts. Well, of course, Mayor Watley and Mayor Duro were from basically the same part of southwest Georgia, but... Three mayors from various uh, parts of the state, uh, f- from the l- largest, uh, Savannah. What's your population, 140,000, something like that right now, do we say, uh, mayor?
2: Yeah, about that, depending on who you ask.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, mayor Duro, population about 75,000 in Albany. And you, Mayor Watley, the, the little littler uh, partner here, 3,500 or so. But, Tamar, but they are all, in many ways, like, Cities across the state dealing with very similar issues right now, certainly the pandemic being the most prominent, but issues of racial justice, education, how we're going to run schools and the like. So, uh, Tamar, thank you for being with us. We're completely out of time, but I appreciate your helping. Uh, talk to these mayors. Van Johnson, Savannah, Steve Watley, Cuthbert, Boduro, Albany. Thank you all for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Thank you for listening to another Political Rewind. I'm Bill Nygut. Until tomorrow, take care and please stay healthy. Bye-bye, everybody.